Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the By His Grace podcast. I am your host, Misty Phillip, and I want to thank you for tuning in with us today. We have an amazing show for you. For the majority of this year, we have been talking about pursuing our God-given dreams and the mindsets that hold us back from being all that God has called us and created us to be. And I don't know about y'all, but I have absolutely loved this season of the show, and I can't believe that we only have a few episodes left this year. I wanted to give you a heads up that I will be taking some time off to plan and pray about season four, and this is where you come in. In addition to discussing chasing our dreams, a few times this year, I've felt called to step out of my comfort zone and have a discussion about some of the hot button and cultural issues that I felt I needed to speak into with grace and truth and love. And some of these subjects have been difficult subjects, but I always want to share my perspective from a biblical perspective that is full of grace. But with each passing day, I believe now more than ever, it is time to raise our voice to stand for truth. You know why? Because it is the truth that sets us free. So I want to hear from you. You, my friend, are the reason why the By His Grace show exists. Let me hear from you. Either leave me a review wherever you listen to this podcast or hit me up on social media. I'd love to know what your favorite episodes have been this year. What subjects have resonated the most with you? And I want to know what you want to hear from me in season four. Now is your time. So hit me up. I want to hear all the things. As we are winding down this year and this season of the By His Grace show, I wanted to revisit a topic that I feel like needs just to have one more discussion about, and that is walking in faith over fear and living the abundant life that we have been called to. Before we get into today's episode, I also wanted to tell you that my spring speaking schedule is posted at mistyphilip.com. If you are in an area where I am speaking, I would love to meet you. I will be in North Carolina in February for Proclaim, in Nashville for the Spark Media Conference that I'm hosting, and I'll also be at the National Religious Broadcasters event, and then I'll be back in Houston in April for the Rise Up Conference. So if you plan on attending any of those events, I would love to meet you, my friend. So today I am delighted to bring Alicia Michelle on the podcast to discuss walking in faith over fear and how we can live a vibrant life of faith. Alicia is a certified neuro coach, podcast host, author, and speaker, and she drops some major truth bombs on today's show, like this thought right here. Our thoughts combined with our emotions create a belief that belief creates a decision. The decision creates an action and the action creates a result. So while you are pondering your thoughts and your beliefs and your decisions and also the actions and the results that come of that for the new year, I want you to approach the new year in the boldness that Christ has given you to walk in faith over fear. So listen in, my friends, and enjoy this episode. Alicia, welcome to the By His Grace podcast, my friend. 
Yay. Hello. Thanks for having me on today. I love it when I have my fellow uh, podcast friends on. They always make great guests. You are the host Uh of Vibrant Christian Living. I love that. I I have to know (laughs) where you got the name for your podcast. I think it was just something that I was trying to communicate what it's like to be a Christian that's on fire for God, somebody that lives full out, that the glow of Christ is just coming from within and, and exuding to every person. And I didn't want it to sound too weird or strange, but the idea of vibrant, just that when we have God in us and his spirit is working in us, we do have the light of Christ that we're shining to the world. And so to me, I thought vibrant, all right, vibrant, let's, let's use that. So that's where it came from. I love it. I love it. Well, today we are going to talk about, um, walking out our dreams in faith over fear. And I know that this is something that you have a little bit of experience about. So, so, um, I'd love to know how you have done this in in your life, how you have walked in faith over fear. Wow. Well, that's a huge question. Huge question. And I think <laughs> there's lots of ways we can answer that. I think, you know, there's the big things that we can say, well, we did this accomplishment or we had this issue that we worked through and it happened. And then there's the everyday, just faith over fear. So I think... I can address it from, from both of those angles. Just first, I mean, we, my family and I have walked through all kinds of journeys where uh, my husband is, for example, he's a type one diabetic and he, we found that out about seven years ago through an experience that again, nearly took his life. I went through an experience four years ago where I had a sudden health crisis that again, almost took my life. We've had special needs children. We've um, gone through two periods of unemployment all kinds of things where you're like, Lord, I know you're good. (laughs) What is going on? Why is this happening? Where is this coming from? We, we feel like we're doing all the right things that you want us to do, but yet this, and that can build in us this, this attitude of fear of what's next and what, what we know, what should be next. How should we respond? So I think for me, I've had to really learn as those big events have come up to first of all, see God in them and that his good plan is still working. But second, to not let them trip me up for the future that there might be something bad about to happen when things seem kind of calm, when the the waves seem pretty stable and and flat, so to speak. So I've had to do that. And then just every single day, I, I am plagued with fear, honestly. And I've had to make a choice to overcome fear. Just, I grew up kind of being an anxious person and God has done tremendous work to heal me in that. So definitely that is not a, a stronghold that it once was, but every single day I have to choose to say, I have faith in your good plans for me. And I'm not going to let my, what ifs, my worries take over. So it's a daily choice too. And everything that comes our way. Absolutely. And the scripture says for us to take our thoughts captive. Yes. Um, And so I'd love to talk to you about mindset. What are some Mm -hmm. things that you do to help you in your daily battle to walk out faith over fear? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, as you said, everything we do starts back at our thoughts. That's not just what we can say we believe or 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 know as something that we see in our life, we can know that from brain science as a neuro coach, that's something I've seen in my own clients and in my own life that our thoughts combine with our emotions to create a belief. That belief creates a decision. The decision creates an action. The action creates a result. 
So taking our thoughts captive has been something that has become one of the top priorities for me in terms of self-care. I, as I mentioned, went through that period four years ago where I had the health crisis. And when it was going on, of course, the immediate response was you just have to physically take care of yourself to get back to normal. But then we began looking at why it was happening. And a lot of it was stress induced. A lot of it was putting pressure on myself to be perfect, to have to get things right. And when I backed up even from that, it was my thoughts that were controlling that because those were the actions that were resulting from my thoughts. So as I began to unwind all of that and work through all that and find healing, it really set me up for this place I'm at now where I have to take that as a priority. I have to make sure I'm monitoring that. So how that works out for me, I don't think there's one specific way to make it work. But for me, I continually am aware of what's happening in my head. I've had to teach myself to learn what those cues are when the negative thoughts start building. I've had to learn what to do, some practical skills from brain science, something that I've learned called brain priming to help unwind some of those deeper patterns that have been there. And then the biggest thing, of course, is staying in God's word because every thought has to take captive to his truth, not just to what I feel is right. So if I'm not in line with God's truth every day, then I'm not going to know what to even keep my thoughts in line with. So being aware, noticing with kindness and love and using the tools to overcome those thoughts and letting God's word guide me in what is truth have been pivotal for me. Yeah, I absolutely love that. One of the things that I say often to people is you have to have God's word in you so mm-hmm. that it can come out of you. And that is um, the sword is our weapon. And so, right. but I love that you said that it starts with being aware. So if there is someone uh, listening in today who has a God-given dream and God's called them to something really big, but they're afraid to take that mm-hmm. first step. Um, you know, this last year and a half with COVID has been difficult for a lot of people. It might not seem like the right time to start something big or something new. Like, How would you guide them and how would you coach them through walking in that step of faith? Sure. Well, I think there's a big difference between feeling fear and hearing God's spirit and Just We just need to know how to discern the difference between those two and how to walk forward. A big distinction that I learned that made a big difference for me in terms of fear was learning the Hebrew words for fear. There are several, but there are two that are really prominent. And one of them is Yurah and the other one is Pakad. So Pakad is the kind of fear that we want to pay attention to. It's the kind of fear that's dangerous fear. It's like, don't touch the hot stove. Don't drive hundred miles an hour on the freeway because you know, it's not a good idea. You're, you might get in an accident. That's the kind of fear that we, that God has given to us as a wise way to keep us safe. And then there is your raw fear and your raw is this feeling of something bigger than what we are right now. It's a, it's a, an opening. It's a, it's a sense of God. It's the presence of something that we know that we're being called to, but we can't quite get there yet. And that is the kind of fear that we can lean into if it's directed by God. If we feel God calling us to something and we feel just that anxiousness and anxiety about it, but we don't see the Picard side of it. Like, you know, it's not like I'm going to hurt myself. Sure. It's risky. Not saying that, but it's not that I'm going to hurt myself. And if God is leading it, then it's okay. We can learn how to let God hold our hand and trust him through that. As we step into that, you're almost like if um, any of your listeners have ever gone through the experience of giving birth and that idea of when we have labor pains, we don't want to 
fight them. We want to lean into them and relax into them and let the contractions bring the baby. It's the same thing. God can, we can have that fear in us of, oh my gosh, what about this? And what about that? But those are opportunities for surrender, surrendering into that year to be able to let God lead us, to let him heal us and bring us to the next place. So I think making that distinction, first of all, is huge. And then letting God lead us is it's, it's, I mean, that's the most beautiful part of the journey is being able to grow closer to him and, and letting, letting us really, truly release that fear through the whole process. Yeah. I know when God called me to start writing, I'd been home homeschooling my kids for about 15 years and he initially Mm -hmm. called me to speak and then to write. And every step it was, was almost like this dance. Like I was afraid I didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. I was like, sure. I'm sure you got the wrong person, God. Um, (laughs) You know, then I'd take a step and then I'd come back and then I'd take a step and, and bigger that God was calling me. It was really, it was a surrender. It was a surrender to Mm -hmm. not not my will, but your will. And when Mm. I wrote The Struggle is Real, I put a line in there that says, our life is a process of surrender, pray, Mm. and repeat. And um, Mm, so true. (laughs) I have a friend, she says, repeat, 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 um, because that's, you know, it is surrendering. So how have you had to surrender in your own life? I know you went through a, a health crisis that sort of brought you to where you are today. And is that part of, of the surrender that you went through? Yeah, that's a huge part of it. It was a breaking down that whole season up until that point. My life really had been about doing, accomplishing, being, doing what I thought to stay in control. And when everything is taken away from you and you see that you have the opportunity to potentially lose your life. You make different choices moving forward. And I mean, when I was recovering, I remember God told me, this is your second chance. I'm not going to give you a third. Okay. So you need the, to, t- to take what I'm giving you and you need to be different. And at first I thought, okay, that's great. And you know, God is so kind and how he deals with us because I'm like, all right, so I just need to take care of myself better. I need to sleep more. All right, cool. You know, I can, I can learn how to do this, but then I started really digging into, well, why hadn't I been doing that before? And it went back to those mindsets of what was driving me to stay up so late and to get four hours of sleep, you know, for 10 years straight, what was driving me to do that? And that was very scary to admit I had built my whole worth on performance, on what do other people think of me, on how much can I accomplish? What does this number say about me? And even though I had gone to church and said, God loves me and I'm worthy in Christ, you know, all those things, what was my inner dialogue really saying? And so that got me really interested into how can I believe both? How can I see, how can I live in both extremes? God, how is this even possible? But really learning that those subconscious what we call soundtracks, when they're running the show, they're running the show. And we can have these logical thoughts that say one thing, but if our subconscious mind has these, these, these broken soundtracks, about something else, they have to be fixed. So it, it came through that healing and that whole process of just like, I don't know if I really fully believe this yet, God, but I'm trusting you with it. And what about this? I have to surrender that. And 
what does that mean about this other thing in my life? How do I let go of this? So just learning as a recovering control freak perfectionist, learning to let go of that kind of stuff a little at a time. God, again, was so good to not just yank everything away. He, he's so gentle, like, all right, we'll start with this. And then, okay, so here I am again. Let's, let's now move on to this. Right. And you're like, okay. But like you said, it's a surrender and repeat, surrender and repeat. And it, the more I've done it, the more now I see when he presents me with dreams, like you're talking about dreams, the less afraid I am to surrender it to him. Because I'm like, I see that if you're giving me this, I am successful. I will be successful in this dream right now, today, if I obey you and follow you. That's all I have to do to be successful in this dream. It doesn't matter if I accomplish whatever worldly thing I can imagine. If I follow you and I'm obedient to you, then I'm successful. And that's enough, right? Just knowing him and following him is enough. And just taking that next step. That's all I have to do. In fact, I have a sticky note on my computer that I put here about a month ago that says right now, just do what's next. That's it. That's all, you know? So it's just surrendering it and doing what's next and staying obedient and then staying in that place of I am successful because all I have to do is obey. Yeah, I went through a similar situation when I broke both of my arms and I couldn't do anything for myself. And um, God sat me down for like a year. I was unable to mm. to lift very much weight, but for for several months, I wasn't able to do anything for myself. And it was during that time, mm. I think I had lived a life previous uh, to that where I was always going, doing, wanted things to be perfect and had some mm-hmm. of those same mindsets. And it was when God sat me down and said, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to perform mm-hmm. at all because I love you. And and the, the scripture says that He, um, we love him because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't yes. even know that that was a struggle that I had was right. because I felt like life is good and everything's great. And I'm just going and mm-hmm. doing and going and doing and going and doing. But then when I couldn't go and do anymore, that's when mm-hmm. his, his love just poured over me. And it sounds like the same type of thing happened with you when you got to the point to you or your body was just saying, no more, I can't do this anymore. So yeah, if I could respond to that really quick, because I think that's so, so important that we ask ourselves, okay, God, why, you know, is this dream, is this a dream that I have that is going to affect how you, how I view myself? Is this something that I feel like if I accomplish this, then I will be enough for God, or then I will be enough for myself. And we have to get to a place where the dream isn't about anything about our worth. We have to truly, fully surrender that. I don't believe that it will be a healthy version of that dream if we have to, if we get to the other side of it and we quote, accomplish it, and we're still feeling like, okay, well, what's next, you know? If we can settle ourselves in that place of it's enough right now, I don't have to do anything else to be accomplished, to be successful, to be worthy of you, God. If we can get to that place and let that all really truly sink in, which as I have, I believe is really going back to what are the broken soundtracks that are in there. And that's the work that I do. Once we do that, then it's like, I feel like God really can release us to our dreams because it doesn't matter at that point in terms of our worth. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter. 
we can do it because out of the joy of serving him and following him and doing what he's called us to do versus it being about my, my need to achieve, my need to be approved. And that's what he has called us to. He's called us to live an abundant life and um, a vibrant life, right? So um, if if there's somebody who is is struggling with some of these things today, what else would you say to encourage them? Mm, I would just really say two things. First, make sure that you are getting alone with God to hear specifically what is the call that he has for you in this season, this next thing? And what is that voice that he's sharing with you about um, what you need to hear right now to be loved, to be worthy, to be enough? And is it sinking in? Do you feel like there's a block there? Because if there is, I really feel like it can really taint your ability to achieve a dream or to go for a dream because you may be doing it with that expectation of like, okay, if when I get there, things will be better or I will be worthy or I will feel good about myself. Um, I remember I became a Christian when I was 19 and I was in college. And one of the first camps I got to go to, because again, I didn't grow up as a Christian. I never went to like summer camp or anything, youth group camp, anything. I went to a, a camp over a weekend and there was a speaker there who, again, this man, however many years later, he will probably not know till he gets to heaven that how much his have his speech impacted me, but he talked about something called destination sickness that he called it. And he's like, destination sickness is getting to the place of where you think you want to be and realizing it's not enough. It's not there. And that's kind of like what I feel with, with dreams. We have to be careful, even if it's a God given dream to realize that we're doing it from the place of centeredness and already knowing that we're enough, already knowing that we're loved right here. So I would just say really figuring out, is there something that's blocking me from that? Because we will not find even the truest satisfaction of that dream if we don't allow God to work on those places first. And we can do that as we're moving towards the dream, but it's an important part, I think. And that's part of our sanctification process is going through that. Yeah, I love it. Love, love, love it. Well, um, this has been a helpful conversation. We have talked about walking in faith over fear. We have talked about um, being in the word and taking those thoughts captive and so much. I just have loved our conversation and want want to know uh, what is next for you and what dreams are you following in this season? Oh, I am following several dreams Um, from a professional level. I am looking to write a book later on this year. I'm starting to work with an agent on that. So that's a a brand new dream that for me as a writer, um, I have a background in journalism. This is a dream that I've always wanted to pursue. And so I'm excited to see what God does with that. And I just continue to follow a lot of the dreams in, in helping women every day. I'm, I'm making the course that I have called the Christian Mindset Makeover into something that will be available all the time for people. So that's another project I'm working on. But in terms of dreams as a wife, as a mom, as a woman, I think I am just learning to let go and to find peace in what is right in front of me. That's really my big dream I'm trying to get to is just, God, how can I be more content with what you've given me right here? How can I be more accepting of everything that you give me and say amen to it? You know, how can I 
how can I have that kind of a humble spirit, have an open hand to anything that you give me so that it can be given away to, as a blessing instead of holding on to it? You know, how can I be that kind of a person and um, show me how to do that every day? And so God has been faithful to lead me in that. And I'm excited to see where that where that leads me. Yeah. And I think that will serve you well, especially as your children age, because I went through a season where contentment was so important to mm. just as your kids grow and they don't come home for holidays and different expectations that we have, it's good to just be content in all things. Yeah. So that is a great place to leave this. Thank you so much for coming on the Bias Grace um, podcast today. I have so yeah. enjoyed our conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much. I have too. Hey friend, before you go, did you know that there are still places all around the world where the name of Jesus has never been heard? That's why Operation Christmas Child is sending the gospel through simple shoebox gifts to the ends of the earth. The Greatest Journey follow-up discipleship program is teaching millions of children to put their faith in Christ and how to share that faith with others. As a result, entire communities are being transformed. National Collection Week is November 15th. To learn more about this global evangelism movement, visit SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC.